Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I'm Mark Levin, and it is my sad duty to have to sit here and counter a president of the United States who wants us at each other's throats while he pretends he's the great uniter. He's in Atlanta, Georgia tonight giving a speech, and I damn well hope none of my affiliates are breaking away from this program to play it. It is a grotesque and unconscionable propaganda speech. He starts off talking about those poor souls who were slaughtered, eight of them, by this mass killer, six of whom were Asian, two of whom were white, about the discrimination that's taking place against Asians in America as a result of the pandemic, trying to point the finger at Donald Trump for calling it the China virus. Now he's giving a speech about all the money that he's spending in addition to it. The $1.9 trillion to help working families. That we have to promote voting. Why do people oppose voting in this HR? One bill that we've talked about at length and he's going down his entire political agenda. Again, he's claiming credit for vaccines. It's not just that Joe Biden is a propagandist and a demagogue. He is now officially the worst propagandist and demagogue we've ever had in this country. Now, I want to address this Asian-American issue. Joe Biden says we must unite as a people. Kamala Harris said the same thing. And yet they don't want us to unite as a people. What do you think critical race theory is? He says we need to unite as a people, as Americans, as a one, one people. And yet... He signs an executive order that has the opposite effect. He doesn't believe that for a second. 
Now, why is he trying to racialize the shooting that took place, this horrific shooting that took place? He's doing it, and the media are doing it. The same people who have divided this nation so horribly are at it again. But I want you to hear the director of the FBI. I want you to hear what the director of the FBI had to say when he was on NPR. Speaking to NPR, Director Christopher Ray, today. Today. So Joe Biden knows what his FBI director said. He said he's being kept up to speed, as is the vice president, regularly. So he should know the following. Go. So obviously it's a heartbreaking incident, and it hits particularly close to home for me since I consider Atlanta home. And so I certainly grieve for the victims and their families. The FBI is supporting state and local law enforcement, specifically APD, the Atlanta Police Department, and the Cherokee County's County Sheriff's Office. So we're actively involved, but in a support role. And while the motive remains still under investigation at the moment, it does not appear that the motive was racially motivated. But I really would uh, defer to the state and local investigation on that um, for now. And for now, none of them have said it's racially motivated. This was a sick, a sick person who said, and others said, he had a sex addiction. So he was killing women under some bizarre notion that that would somehow relieve him or something to that effect or help him with his addiction. Not a single law enforcement agency so far has said this had anything to do with race. And Joe Biden is in Atlanta today and the Vice President Kamala Harris are in Atlanta today using the race card and insisting that it did. And then blaming the American people, blaming the prior president, and blaming the use of the word China virus. Saying that Asian people in this country have now lived in fear for an entire year. What kind of a warped, perverse political party and ideology? What kind of a reckless unconscionable human being in the case of Biden and in the case of Kamala Harris. Push a narrative that turns our country into something it is not. Something that it is not. And it reminded me, ladies and gentlemen, it reminded me of a federal lawsuit that was brought against Harvard University for discrimination in admissions. And it reminded me that back in August of 2018, President Trump directed the Department of Justice under Attorney General Barr to file a statement of interest in this years-long case where these Asian students sued Harvard for discriminating against them for admissions purposes, because Asian students, just telling you the truth, 
do better on tests, do better in school as a group than most other ethnic groups. And their argument was, Harvard's discriminating against us. It's reverse discrimination. They have an affirmative action plan in which they determine who is going to get what, and we are discriminated against. Quite frankly, Jewish groups have had this issue too. But President Trump sided with the Asian students. With the Asian students. Here's what the Justice Department said in its statement of interest, the Trump Justice Department. Harvard has failed to carry its demanding burden to show that its use of race does not inflict unlawful racial discrimination on Asian Americans. This was filed in Federal District Court, Massachusetts. The Trump Justice Department went further. To the contrary, the record evidence demonstrates that Harvard's race-based admissions process significantly disadvantages Asian-American applicants compared to applicants of other racial groups, including both white applicants and applicants from other racial minority groups. The initial lawsuit was brought in 2014 on behalf of a group of Asian-American students. And since then, many groups have filed briefs weighing in on their litigation. Harvard filed a motion for summary judgment asking the federal judge to get rid of the case without a hearing. Without a hearing. In its filing Thursday in federal court, the Trump Justice Department is objecting to summary judgment, urging the court to look at all the facts and legal arguments and then make a ruling. The official in the the Trump Justice Department said there's strong evidence that Harvard is using race against Asian-American applicants. Asian-American applicants. Now, the Justice Department official said previous Supreme Court rulings establish a high burden for schools to use race in admission decisions, and schools can only use Such considerations on a temporary basis, they must be narrowly tailored, and they must be a last resort. But Harvard has not overcome this high burden, and has failed to adequately explain how it specifically uses race and admissions, the official said. The Trump Justice Department official said the department's civil rights division is continuing to investigate Harvard's admission policies. Now, that's what Donald Trump did on behalf of Asian Americans. What has Joe Biden done on behalf of Asian Americans? He just went down to Atlanta, took a situation in which the FBI director said today, and by the way, state and local law enforcement has also said, that this does not appear to be a race-based murder spree. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris used it as a race-based murder spree. What kind of politicians do this to a people, the American people? And then self-righteously claim that it is they who are standing up against such racism. These people are psychotic. 
It's worse than narcissism. It's worse than egomaniacal. They are psychotic. They are, they are, there's something truly evil in their heart to take a situation like this and try to exploit it. And it's the same Joe Biden who has taken the pandemic and has tried to exploit it. When he was a candidate, when he was the nominee, and now as president of the United States. He has always been a severely unhinged politician. A very superficial and self-aggrandizing human being. And so is Kamala Harris throughout her short political career. And that was what Willie Brown was trying to, to tell America. And the people around them, to write these words, which they are going to state and regurgitate, they went down to Atlanta, and they know that their own FBI, their own FBI director has said, no, as far as we can tell, it's not a racial incident. And for them to use it as a racial incident, and then, in the course of this, dishonoring these families, to further try and exploit it by talking about their voting bill, which would destroy our voting system. To talk about the $1.9 trillion boondoggle. To talk about how Joe Biden is going to spread the use of the vaccine. Shameless. Absolutely contemptible. How they treat us, how they want us at each other's throats, and then to stand back and hope there's a serious political benefit as a result. If we had a real media in this country rather than the corrupt social activist warriors, many of whom have served Democrat administrations, and many of whom have pushed hard for, for Biden's election, this could be countered. But so far, this is the only way to do it behind this microphone. I'll be right back. Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty. Since 1844, it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Now, using this horrific slaughter, horrific slaughter that took place of these eight beautiful human beings, 
with the director of the FBI. I'm not making this up. I don't have any firsthand knowledge. I don't have anything other than what they tell us, that this is not a race-based attack that took place. Kamala Harris, who introduced the president of the United States, Biden, she said, America is racist. It has always been racist. America is xenophobic. It's always been xenophobic. What kind of a vile attack is this? I'll tell you what's going on here. The Democrat Party, I've explained this Democrat Party to you over and over and over again over the last almost 20 years. The Democrat Party sees America changing. The demographics are changing. In fact, it's actively involved in that. You can hear Democrats and their media uh, supporters talk about the browning of America and white privilege and white domination. And, you know, the other day that the reason why the Republicans oppose an open border like this is because they oppose brown people coming into this country. What's happening now? is that there is a demographic change that's been taking place significantly and very, very quickly. And the Democrat Party is not only participating in that, but they want to use it to advance their power, to enshrine their power. And they think they can do it with various communities by doing exactly what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did today, by exploiting a horrific event. That's what's going on. It is a reckless and vile strategy. But that's the strategy. What's going on at the border today is intentional. Other than the Democrats who actually represent American citizens in these communities on the border, and many of those citizens being Latino citizens, American citizens, the Democrats could care less. They come to the defense of the indefensible, and then they accuse the people who want to enforce the existing law of being against brown people. What you saw today in Atlanta is more the same. It's even more outrageous and unconscionable based on the information we have today from the Biden FBI. They take the most diverse, tolerant, beneficent nation on the face of the earth, the greatest experiment in human civil society, and they turn it into the Third Reich the way they talk. They turn it into Mao's China. They turn it into Xi's China. They turn it into Cuba, Castro's Cuba. It is the most disgusting and sickening thing. The Democrat Party is taking down our country. It's that simple. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You're listening to Denali. The Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. As you may have heard so far, there's a little meeting in Alaska between the, uh, the genocidal communist regime and our country. And unfortunately, as we all knew, The communist regime has absolutely no regard or respect for Joe Biden. And they do not fear him, which means they do not fear our country. This is a provocative situation. When you elect a a doddering old fool, an appeaser, a corrupt family, effectively, the patriarch of that family, you create an enormously dangerous situation for the people of the United States as well as the people of the world. The things that were said in this spectacle that went on for about an hour would never have been sent, uh, said to any of Donald Trump's cabinet members or national security advisors. Never. And as uh, CNBC reports, at the meeting in Anchorage, Alaska, was the first high-level meeting between the two countries on the administration of Biden. Came after more than two years of rocky relations, they write. What was initially meant to be a four-minute photo shoot ended up lasting more than an hour as both sides traded barbs on issues from U.S.-China relations to concerns from Washington allies. Now, during the course of this, The Secretary of State, this guy Binken, when the United States was attacked for its treatment of blacks, and when you listen to the the Chinese propaganda, it sounds like Stacey Abrams, it sounds like Kamala Harris, it sounds like the Democrat Party, it sounds like Fredo Cuomo, it sounds like Jake Tapper. They're literally regurgitating accusations that have been made against this country by the Democrat Party. In fact, by Biden and his administration, as they were made today. So the communist Chinese who are slaughtering, slaughtering Uyghurs, Muslims, slaughtering Tibetans, and God knows who else, in death camps, concentration camps like we haven't seen since the Third Reich. Raping, sterilizing, aborting, using the body parts, harvesting them, they say. 
to give and to sell to other countries to make money. And they lecture us. And this pathetic excuse of a Secretary of State talks about, yes, America is imperfect, but we always work to be a more perfect country. What he should have done is looked into the eyes of his counterpart and pointed to him and say, we don't take lectures from a communist regime that has killed tens of thousands of its own people. We don't take lectures from a communist regime that has concentration camps all over its country. We don't take lectures from a communist regime that is destroying freedom in Hong Kong in violation of a treaty and stealing navigable waters from its surrounding nations and starting battles with India, with Vietnam, and even Japan. We don't take lectures from a nation that steals our proprietary information and our technology. We don't take lectures from a nation that is involved in wide-scale cyber warfare. And I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and take a lecture from you today. Then you pick your ass up and you walk out of the room. But that's not the Joe Biden way, unless, of course, he's attacking Republicans or Donald Trump. You understand they hate us more than they hate the enemy. They hate Donald Trump more than they hate a man who's responsible for slaughtering God knows how many of his own people. That would be Xi. This is how sick Biden and his party are. Insane. The story goes on from NBC. Joanna Tan. uh, Let's see here. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Blinken, I said the United States' relationship with China will be competitive, where it should be, collaborative, where it can be, adversarial, where it must be. They all think uh, they're John Kennedy. Our discussions here in Alaska, I suspect, will run the gambit. Our intent is to be direct about our concerns, direct about our priorities. Who's ever seen anything like this? Just go on your meeting. The Chinese director of the Central Foreign Affairs Commission, Yang Zizi. Who's taking orders from Xi? China and the United States are both major countries and both show the important responsibilities. We must both contribute to the peace, stability, and development of, of, uh, of the world, such areas as COVID-19, restoring economic activities, and so forth. So let me just say here that in front of the Chinese side, the United States does not have the qualification to say what it wants, to speak to China from a position of strength. The U.S. was not even qualified to say such things 20 years or 30 years back because this is not the way to deal with the Chinese people. If the United States wants to deal properly with the Chinese side, then let's follow the necessary protocols and do things the right way. Cooperation benefits both sides. In particular, this is the expectation of the people of the world. Well, the American people are certainly a great group, but so are the Chinese people. Now, he just gave a tongue lashing to our Secretary of State. They have no respect for Biden in this administration. None. None. Vladimir Putin thinks Biden is a laughingstock. He sees him. 
Their intelligence agencies are watching Biden. They know what we know, and our media won't report that he's severely mentally impaired. They know it. We know it. The Democrat Party knows it. Dr. Jill knows it. And yet they cover it up. And yet the Democrat Party nominated him anyway because they wanted to take out Trump. They don't care a whit about this country. Did you hear me, Jeremy Peters? Did you hear me, Phil Bump? They don't care a whit about this country except toying with it, turning it inside out and upside down, exploiting situations where the FBI director says race wasn't involved. It doesn't matter. They want race to be involved so they can use it. It's sickening how they're tearing this country apart and then out of the other side of their mouth talk about unity behind this microphone. Years before Biden was even in the in the possibility of being president of the United States, what did we talk about? A two-front war that we're facing here. That the left, the Democrat Party, and the media are trying to rock this country out from the inside, while at the same time, China is on the move. We talked about this behind the microphone, on Levin TV, on the Blaze TV network, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, on the Fox TV network. Right out of the box. The first ones going on and on. People scratching their heads. What the hell is Mark talking about? I had charts on Levin TV showing you how they're building their military. We had maps showing you where the Chinese government was geographically positioning its military and how it was doing it with contracts with third world nations and sucking them in. It reminds me of what took place last March. Dr. Healy calls this program. She talks about what Cuomo's doing to the nursing home patients, that he's putting COVID-positive patients into these nursing homes. It was the first national airing of this. And what happened? Crickets. Why? I don't know why. I think they hate me, including a lot of these conservatives. They just can't stand it. It's like March 3rd or whatever it was, 2017. Remember that, Mr. Producer? When I unraveled, say, something's going on here with the FISA and the spying on the Trump administration and all the rest. Why don't I get a Pulitzer Prize? I'm just mocking the Pulitzer board, ladies and gentlemen. But this is serious stuff. China has no respect for us because they have no respect for Biden. The Chinese know that he is incapable of leading this country, let alone in a war. The Russians know. They're now treating us as a has-been nation. They're mocking us. They're humiliating our leaders to their faces. And the best this thinking could do is say, hey, look, you know, we're imperfect, you know, race and so forth, but we address these things and we come out better in the end. You're dealing with a genocidal regime, you fool. You're dealing with a genocidal regime. And the communist Chinese, who do they sound like? Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, LeBron James, the left in the Democrat Party. It's as if they got the talking points by watching CNN or MSNBC or one of these so-called press conferences by a Democrat or maybe watching ESPN and listening to LeBron James. 
who's kind of partial to them anyway, given the fact he's made a fortune off of those death camps. That's right, I said it! I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. What's amazing here, ladies and gentlemen, is truly how amateurish this foreign policy is. Biden brings in all these Obama-Biden people. They're all ideologues. Many of them are involved in uh, selling out the country. Many of them are appeasers, a mix of, uh, of such people. And look what's going on with Russia already. Look what's going on with communist China. Look what they're doing in the Middle East. They're blowing up the Abraham Accords. They're reaching out to Iran. They're undermining Israel and all the Arab Gulf states. Iran sees exactly what communist China and fascistic Russia see, and they're on the move, and they will take whatever Biden gives them, and they will plow ahead and do whatever the hell they want. There's a fantastic piece in the Atlantic by a man, a student from Princeton, who went over to Iran to do studies and so forth. And of course, they gobbled him up. They threw him into their notorious prison system. And they tortured him for 40 damn months. Three and a half years. And he was finally released as a result, I believe, of some swap. He has spoken out a lot. And what he said was, the American government does not understand Iran. Trump does, I would add. But he said all these efforts to reach out, to negotiate, to find a, uh, a way for peace and so forth, the Iranian government needs America as its enemy. They have no intention of following through with anything. They have no intention of ever having peace. They know that the only power on the face of the earth that could obliterate them is the United States. So they must have the United States as its enemy. Similarly, Israel. They know, I would argue, how anti-Semitism works. But they also know that the gravest threat they place 
the face in their region is the state of Israel. There will never be any effort at peace with the United States or Israel of any kind, period. He said they would mock him. They would laugh at the idea that the United States was trying to reach some kind of a deal. And what does Biden do? He hires all the same people on his National Security Council, in his State Department. They're mocking him. They're laughing him. The Chinese see this too. The Russians see this too. The Koreans. Un. Like it's a bowel movement. Un. He doesn't even speak out publicly about Biden. He sends his little sister to do it. And they're threatening the United States. It's really quite remarkable, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Mr. Foreign Policy Chairman. They know he's weak. They know he's weak. They know he is mentally deficient. They know the people around him are leftists. That's exactly what's going on. And by the way, this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the first half of the show, we will be discussing communist China. The second half of the show, we will be discussing immigration. My first guest will be the great four-star General Jack Keane. My second guest will be the great former acting director of ICE, Tom Homan. And then, of course, me. You know what I've noticed, Mr. Producer? Now, again, I speak to you, my audience, like you're my family. I really do. You know what I've noticed? This long-form interview that I've brought back, that Milton Friedman did on PBS, that Bill Buckley did on PBS, and I'm no Friedman or Buckley, that's not my point, that I grew up on watching that had an enormous influence on me, where I was introduced to Thomas Sowell, and I was introduced to Mises and Hayek, and I was introduced to even Ronald Reagan. How important these these programs are. Long-form interviews. Not a conga line of guests, and you don't even know what you just heard. And when I agreed to do the show on Fox, which I love, I love doing this once a week, it's wonderful. I said, I want to do it differently. I want to do a long form. And Mr. Murdoch and Suzanne Scott said, you know, you do what you think you need to do. You know what I've noticed, Mr. Producer? Other hosts are now trying to do this. And you know what? I think I'm bringing back this kind of format now. Because they see the ratings thanks to you in Radio Land. Thanks to you. Because that's the sort of thing you want to hear too. Intelligent, substantive discussions with people who need to be heard. And that's what you have done. But you can see it now more and more here and there. That there will only be one life, liberty, and live in. 8 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday. Stick with us. We have an important show this Sunday. Some people are being, will tap the brake, not me. My foot's on the gas pedal. I'll see you in a few minutes. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, The Chinese came prepared with Democrat talking points to use against Democrats. They came with CNN and MSNBC talking points to use against Democrats. They came with the Washington Post and New York Times talking points to use against the Democrats. And most preposterous of all, they came with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's talking points, which they used against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were in Atlanta today and were a disgusting disgrace as they tried to exploit race. Even though, according to the FBI, the slaughter that took place there had nothing to do with race. And the communist Chinese are monitoring this. The Russians are monitoring it. The Iranians, the North Koreans, they're all monitoring this. And so they take the Democrat talking points and they use it against us. Because the Democrats, listen to me, are doing more to destroy this country from within than our enemies are from without. And so our enemies from without are just joining with our enemies from within. It is a sickening irony, and it is truly perplexing what we're doing to ourselves. Now, I talked about what took place in some of the back and forth, and now you're going to get to listen to it. China to Anthony Blinken the new Secretary of State in Alaska. Cut one, go. We'll also discuss our deep concerns with actions by China, including in Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Taiwan, cyber attacks on the United States, economic coercion toward our allies. Each of these actions threaten the rules-based order that maintains global stability. Well, you can't blame this problem on somebody else. I have to tell you, what I'm hearing is very different from what you described. Uh, I'm hearing deep satisfaction that the United States is back, that we're re-engaged. We never left, you idiot. Good God. Go ahead. I'm also hearing deep concern about some of the actions your government is taking. Well, I think we thought too well of the United States. We thought that the U.S. side will follow the necessary diplomatic protocols. So for China, it was necessary that we make our position clear. So let me say here that in front of the Chinese side, the United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength. In other words, what they're saying is, what are you going to do about it? Don't lecture us. What are you going to do about it? It goes on. Cut to go. China is firmly opposed to U.S. interference in China's internal affairs. We have expressed... Yeah, we're opposed to your interference in our internal affairs. 
Go ahead. Opposition to such interference, and we will take firm actions in response. On human rights, we hope that the United States will do better on human rights. China has made steady progress in human rights, and the fact is that there are many problems within the United States regarding human rights, which is admitted by the U.S. itself as well. The United States has also said that countries can't rely on force in today's world to resolve the challenges we face. And it is a failure to use various means to topple the so-called authoritarian states. And the challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. Wow. You know, they almost sound like Joe Scarborough, don't they, Mr. Producer? A little bit more coherent, but they sound like Joe Scarborough. They sound like any one of these reprobates on television or in the Biden administration. Any one of these reprobates that lead the Democrat Party in Congress. They're regurgitating what they say about us. And so MSNBC brings on Ben Rhodes. Who's Ben Rhodes? He's former Deputy National Security Advisor to Obama. If you read on Freedom of the Press, you're well familiar with him. Uh, He's a liar. He's a propagandist. And he admitted it. And he was proud of himself. In an interview, I believe it was with the Washington Post, I cite significant aspects of it in the book. And so they bring him on because he's a liar and a propagandist. And MSNBC and CNN have done... This is why Trump calls the media in this country the enemy of the people. You can see now what the enemy of the people, our media have been doing to this country and the information they've been feeding to these foreign governments. And God forbid, if there is a war, in part, you can blame the individuals who are hosting and reporting and the executives who are paying them on MSNBC, CNN, NBC, CBS, and ABC. You can blame the New York Times and the Washington Post and other such entities because they're bringing us to the brink both internally and externally. They're driving the discussion. Cut three. This is Ben Rhodes on MSNBC today. Go. I think that they knew something like this was coming. I've never seen anything quite like that, Andrea, even behind closed doors with the Chinese, where meetings are usually quite scripted. I think there's a common thread between what we've seen with Russia and China, which is that those two countries got pretty accustomed the last few years to the United States being essentially absent from holding up the international order, from speaking out uh, on issues like human rights. What is this fool talking about? Joe Biden called Vladimir Putin a killer. And Putin took offense. Um, You saw what took place publicly with China. And China took offense. You don't need to have public lectures. Just do something about these things. And that's what Trump did. Every single trade decision Trump made against China and against Russia, Biden has kept in place. Every single sanction that Trump made against Russia and China, Biden has kept in place. But he won't give Trump any credits like the vaccine. 
One day, it won't be now, and it won't even be close to now. It'll be understood what a great president Donald Trump actually was. What a great president he actually was. Without interpretation from the enemy of the people, our media, and the Democrat Party. That's on a suicide mission for the country because they think a suicide mission for our country means they'll have power forevermore. So they wish to drag us in that direction. Unbelievable. Let's look at cut five. Biden at the CDC in Atlanta today. Go ahead. He asked me on the Tibetan He's talking about Xi Jinping. He asked him, meaning Xi Jinping. Cut five, go. He asked me on the Tibetan plateau. And he said to me, can you define America for me? And I said, yeah, in one word. And I mean it. One word. Possibilities. That's not the right word, egghead. It's not the right word, Mr. Potato Head. The right word is liberty. 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 Liberty creates possibilities and opportunities. Liberty, you moron. That's what you should have said to him. Because they don't believe in liberty, and apparently you don't either. The wrong man at the wrong time in the wrong place. That's what we've got. While China's on the rise, while Putin is angling for action, look what we're left with here. Everything's racist. We're attacking Mr. Potato Head. We're going after Dr. Seuss. We're canceling people on The Bachelor, for God's sakes. The hard left in our country is destroying us from within, and we have this incredible dangerous threat from their comrades overseas. That's exactly right. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Not once. Not a single time during the president's press secretary's briefings, not a single time during Joe Biden's speeches, not a single time during Kamala Harris's speeches, 
have they even acknowledged Operation Warp Speed and the unparalleled historic progress that was made in the development of three vaccines, the distribution plan, the production plan, something that this nation, no nation has ever seen before. And I wanted to bring one of the architects of this on our program, and you saw many times during the course of the last year, (coughs) excuse me, Admiral Brett Jawir. How are you, sir? I am great. It's good to be on with you. I've never talked to you, have I, sir? You have not. I've listened to you for many, many, many years, but I've never been on your show. Thank you. And I'll tell you why I want you on my show. I want you to tell millions and millions of American people what you, what the others, Operation War Speed, and what the president did. And I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you speak. Go right ahead, sir. Well, what we accomplished, and, and again, it was a whole-of-nation effort led by the president, the vice president, was something unprecedented. The development and authorization of three vaccines, and there will be a fourth very soon in under a year. That's unheard of. And it happened not because of you know, the scientists in the laboratory. They had, a, they had a major contribution to it. But to scale it up and to have it ready and to have it authorized and have it tested and have it distributed was a result of this administration, the Trump administration. When we left, we had already bought 900 million doses, 900 million doses with an option for 2 billion more. We had enrolled 70,000 vaccine sites. Uh, when you hear uh, Biden saying there's not enough vaccination sites or vaccinators, we had already enrolled 70,000. We had done what's called the PrEP Act. So all pharmacists, that's including 40,000 pharmacies nationwide, pharmacists, pharmacy interns, pharmacy technicians could give the vaccine. We made it available so that the National Guard uh, emergency medical technicians could provide the vaccine. And you know what? By the time we left office on January 20th, we had already achieved the rate of 1 million doses per day, already achieving Biden's goal. Uh, In fact, January 20th, 1.5 million doses went into arms. And if Biden's going to hold himself accountable, our rate for the first 100 days in his office should be almost 200 million shots in arms, not the 100 million lowball goal. So um, I I just wanted to say that up front. Look, this is a great American story. The Biden team has taken the baton and they're generally following the plan and it's generally going very well. But the fact that this exists is from the Trump administration, and uh, that should be acknowledged. But he won't, and neither will his staff. There's been some relatively passive pushback by big media. But the facts are on the table. We have a GAO report that says so. We have uh, third parties that have looked at this. They've said the same thing. Even relatively liberal third parties like PolitiFact, they looked at this and said – uh, Trump did enough um, and had uh, had had uh, contracted for enough vaccines to actually vaccine 540 million people. But it's as if the reality of this, the information related to this, it's as if the media don't want to report it for the most part. And the Biden administration continues on a propaganda campaign where they want everybody to believe it was developed in the seven weeks that he was in office, that they came in and and all this infrastructure, and most of it is civil service, and most of it's the private sector with the lead of you and others, the president, 
uh, and so forth, that, that all of a sudden, that all these light bulbs went off and they had all these great ideas. It's just not so, is it, Admiral? No, it's really not so. Um, and I, I really don't understand the reason for this. When you have even the New York Times and the Washington Post, you know, they're not going ballistic over it, but they're pointing out the flawed assertions of the current administration that they were left with a mess and no plan. Look, um, uh, my buddies procured a billion needles and syringes and had McKesson packaging all this so everything would go in the right place at the right time. All nursing homes were taken care of. In fact, 99% of nursing homes enrolled under the Walgreens and CVS program. So, um, you know, I just can't understand it why uh, there's such a urge to rewrite history um, in, in such a perverse, skewed, twisted way when the facts are obvious to everyone. And it's a great American story and it should be celebrated. I just they can't I, I believe they just can't give President Trump, the vice president, our administration, any credit. It's, it's something in their brain they just can't bring themselves to do. Were you ever contacted by President Biden, the vice president, uh, Harris, or any senior people on their staff? Um, yes, I, I was. Um, we had an extensive transition process. So when you um, heard those things about there was no transition and we didn't get the information, um, there were over 300 transition meetings just at Health and Human Services, uh, comprehensive across the board. And the Biden administration uh, did ask me to stay in Washington until the end of February um, to assist. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a long talk with uh, um, my leadership at the White House, and it's the American thing to do. Uh, but they really never called me during February. So uh, uh, I had the experience of being in that locked-in city um, not following the science with barricades all, all over the place. Um, but before that, we had extensive transition meetings. Everything we did was well uh, iterated to them down to great detail. On testing, I probably had six or eight uh, incredibly detailed briefings with the team so they knew what was happening. And yet, as you point out, and I just want to underscore it, the propaganda out there was that you, weren't, you folks weren't cooperating. While you were cooperating, yeah, did, you read, did you read those media reports saying that the Biden people are upset because you folks aren't cooperating? Look, um, there's nothing that is more false than that, because we're Americans first, right? And we mm -hmm. want to do what's right for America. And it is my duty as an American and certainly as a person in uniform to make sure that the next team gets all the information so that all the good work we did could be uh, uh, propagated, but also they would have the opportunity to build on it. So it is one, I, 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 there's not a percentage high enough to say how false it is that we were not transparent. We were incredibly transparent, uh, fully transparent. They had all the information. And unlike what we got when we came into office, I left the team there with no cliffs. So there wouldn't be anything to do until April or May before they even had to think about a decision to make sure there was continuity. Admiral, I have a few more questions. Do you mind holding a little bit through the break? Oh, I'd love to be with you. All right. And by the way, God bless you for everything you did. A lot of us are very, very appreciative. We'll be right back. Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Admiral Brett Girard. Now, Admiral, 
Um, I believe you said, I don't want to misquote you at the end of the segment, that you left things in place, the people in place, the operations in place, where really there wasn't any need for any major change through April or May. Is that correct? That is correct. And I was talking about the domain that I was in charge of testing, but the same thing was true for warp speed and the distribution. It was all set. Literally, um, all you needed to do was push a button on the distribution. Yeah, and, and as a rational matter, let's put aside that we're talking about something very complex, that's vaccines, and the temperatures they have to be kept, and the elements that are in them, and how they're produced, and the people you need to hire, and so forth. Let's just talk about widgets. When you invent a widget, you kind of slowly go forward. You've got to make sure you know what you're doing. You've got to generate production possibilities and development possibilities and distribution possibilities. And then things start to work more efficiently and smoothly, and you ramp up. That's normal for anything, isn't it, Admiral? You're absolutely right. And so this talk about they didn't order enough. You got to be sitting there after all the time that you put in, all the people you know, all the time they put in, whether they're civil servants, whether they are people at the White House, whether they're people in lab coats and these in these uh, marvelous pharmaceutical companies. You're probably sitting there. What are you talking about? Why are you saying these things? That's got to be so damn frustrating. Well, well, it is frustrating, and the most frustrating thing to me, it, it, it's not because we're not getting credit or someone isn't getting credit. Is you got to be square and honest with the American people, and when you're dishonest and you rewrite history, I don't know how you can trust those individuals on anything else, and that's what frustrates me the most. And um, you know, people don't understand this because all during the fall, um, there was only one single television network, Fox that actually carried all the substantive scientific press conferences, our summit at the White House where we had the leaders of industry, FedEx, McKesson, UPS uh, on my panel. The Surgeon General had an incredible panel uh, addressing underserved and minorities. None of that was carried. So you wonder why there's vaccine hesitancy or people don't understand what the truth is because it was actively suppressed in the media all during the fall. When you watch people you worked very closely with, go on TV now and say some of the things they're saying. Do you shake your head? Um, I, I do shake my head. They're, they're not a whole lot of people that I worked with that I re- respect that have been going on TV sort of building a counter narrative. So, uh, you know, the people that I have respect for uh, know the truth and uh, are trying to express it. I think I've been out front in the media a little bit more than most just because um, – you know, it, 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 you know, I just can't stand when the American people are not being, on, uh, being told the truth, honestly, and, and all the facts. Uh, that's what America is about. Americans should demand that. And this is a time where I think I'm trying to provide that for them. And, and, and not to put you on the spot, I'm talking about Dr. Fauci. I, I watched some of the things he's saying and early on some of the things he was saying about his colleagues. And I thought, why are you saying these things? Why don't you just take a pass when people are trying to create controversy? But he seems to take the bait and bite the hook almost every time. You don't have to comment on this. I'm just telling you this as an observer who's watching this. And I'm going, why, why, wait a minute. You had every opportunity to speak out of you. You know, I interviewed him way back in March, Admiral. And he said this president was following the science. Any recommendations he gave to the president, the president seriously considered, at least up until that time, he never counted him. 
And then I interviewed the president in September for my Fox show. And he was talking about there are vaccines coming, there are vaccines coming, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrats and the media were saying he was politicizing this because he knows it's not possible, he knows they're not going to happen. And then within days of the election, after the election, I should say, then these companies announce it. And, and I'm just watching here. You know what this is? This is injustice. I'm not saying we should pat everybody on the head, but let's get the story straight. Am I right about this? Well, you're, you're, of course, right uh, about that. And, um, you know, I think history is very clear. We just need to make sure it, it, it's told uh, appropriately and, and accurately. Um, and, you know, like I said, the proof is in the pudding. When you have a billion needles and syringes, when you've got 70,000 vaccine sites, when you give 1.5 million doses on the day of inauguration, it's kind of, kind of hard uh, to make the counter narrative that there was a mess there. And let me tell you, um, I met with the president lots of times from opioids to HIV to uh, flu vaccines. Um, he, it was always science first. And if anyone um, had a disagreement or wanted to uh, tell the president something, we always had that opportunity. And my goodness, the vice president, I talked to the vice president every day. He called my home uh, probably two or three times a week, you know, catching up late in, in the evening. So um, if anyone had a problem, um, they had the opportunity to express it. And if they didn't express it, it's on them. Because I can tell you both the president and the vice president uh, wanted everyone's opinion. When I'm in the Oval Office, the president went around to everyone wanting to know their individual opinion. He did not want groupthink. He did not want group speak. He wanted to know your opinion and what you would advise him. And the vice president, my goodness, his most common expression was iron sharpens iron. He wanted to hear everything in the situation room. So, and we started every meeting based on the science. So I'm sorry I'm fired up about that. But the fact no, I'm that glad. we were not science or, science or evidence-based is, is just completely false. You know, I was there. I was there all the time. Now, it's different to say infection control. Mm -hmm. um, sure, if we wanted to control the infection, lock everybody else in their homes, kick in church doors, uh, tap their cell phones, and you can stop the infection. That's not what America's about. Mm -hmm. And the public health issues are bigger than just locking everyone up and stopping the infection. The emotional stress, the physical stress, the heart attacks, the substance abuse, children being kept out of school with irreparable harm that many states are causing to them. These are big public health issues that needed to be debated, not by unelected bureaucrats, but by people who were elected, who represented the people, and who could assess all these issues comprehensively and holistically. And in fact, Admiral, that's not in the infectious disease areas focus, is it? That, that, that is beyond that particular operation, isn't it? And I tried to make this point so many times. There's infection control, and then there's what's good for the country. Now, what's good for the country has to have some infection control. But again, if you wanted to go to zero infections, lock everybody down, do like they did in Korea, confiscate church records, uh, bug your cell phones, uh, have criminal penalties lock you in. We're not about that, right? That's not only not American, but it's also not good for public health. We'll have 90,000 people die of drug overdoses in 2020 when the numbers come out. Um, that's up almost 30 percent because Gee. people had despair. Look at suicides among teenagers. Look at the increased heart attacks, physical abuse of children. All these were weighed by the task force. Dr. Fauci is an expert in infection control. 
but it's not just infection control. It's everything else. And you know what's the most important factor for the health of this country? It's the economy and jobs. Mm -hmm. That's why mortality cratered and longevity went up during the first three years of the Trump administration. Um, He was the best thing for public health that we've had in a decade, and the numbers prove that. How many lives do you think have been saved? I understand that it's sort of a general question. As a result of Operation Warp Speed, these three, soon to be four vaccines, and the distribution. I mean, it's got to be millions, because if it was the usual five-year trajectory, which even the director of the National Institutes for Health said, look, five years on average, and that's even a low average, that would have been devastating. And Trump realized this, didn't he? Absolutely. And um, uh, often people uh, in the opposition, in the media, you know, always were playing the shell game. You know, you have to, we only had 2 million tests. I need 20 million tests a day. By the way, tests are down 50% since Biden has taken office. Um, That's not heard very much in the media. But the end game was always a vaccine. The pandemic will only end after everyone gets infected and you get herd immunity that way, which is actually short-lasting, or you get the vaccine. So it was really all hands on deck, and the focus was on the vaccine. And again, if we waited four or five years, uh, just multiply what we had this year by four or five years um, and do that globally, and that's what you have. So undoubtedly, the vaccine, which I will say, Mark, uh, the three vaccines that are authorized here in the U.S., are incredibly effective, mm-hmm. 95-plus percent effective, and they are very safe. Uh, really, uh, they rival the safest vaccines we have ever produced. So I really urge everyone, as the president did last week or maybe earlier this week, um, when, you're, when your time is up, please get that vaccine. No, I agree. Particularly, particularly conservatives. It was developed under the Trump administration. It was distributed under the Trump administration. All plans were there. Um, And it's the way that we end this pandemic and get back to normal American life. You know, Admiral, my view was that uh, Kamala Harris and Biden should have been the last to get the vaccine since they did so much to discredit whatever would happen. One last question. I spoke to the president somewhat about some aspects of this, and I'm not going to get into all of it. But he did tell me that there was pushback from the bureaucracy when he and Operation Warp Speed was trying to press to get this these vaccines uh, or get them first developed and so forth, because they weren't used to the pace. They weren't, they weren't used to these pharmaceutical companies working together and trading information. And he said that there was some red tape. There was difficulty that required pushback. Did you find that? Oh, 100%. Um, It's not just with warp speed, but throughout the response. Um, And I think one of the insights that the president, the vice president and secretary Azar, really had was that the institutions of government, and I mean the CDC, the FDA, and the typical bureaucracies couldn't solve this. And it was very clear they were falling on their face very early. That's why the private sector was engaged from that first Rose Guard meeting. That's why uh, the president and Secretary Azar brought in Monsef Slawi, you know, the premier vaccine developer in the world. Fantastic. And And for logistics, who are you going to call? I mean, you're going to call the person who run logistics for the entire U.S. Army, General Perna. That's not the normal way government works. We'd still be diddling around with the CDC and some other agency and somewhere else. It would never have happened. So engaging the private sector, the commercial sector, cutting through bureaucracy. And I, I, I still think bureaucracy went too slow. Um, I still think there's a case that these vaccines 
at least for elderly and, and in nursing homes, could have been authorized 30 to 60 days earlier. But that's a story that we're really going to have to look at. Um, and we could have saved even more lives. Yeah, particularly at the end. I even commented that about that on radio. You know, I'm a pedestrian, but I watch this stuff. And I said, one week they're doing this, and they'll be meeting next week. I said, what do you mean meeting next week? Meet tomorrow. You're coming back next week? The information's not going to change. You know, digesting the information's not going to change. You've got to treat it like a law school exam or a medical exam. You've got to be on top of this stuff, understand what's going on. And when I talked to Governor DeSantis, I'm not name dropping. I'm just telling people who've been successful, successful. He said every night till one in the morning, he was studying the data. And now and then when he studied the data and his people studied the data, it just didn't conform to what the CDC or the FDA were saying. So in some cases, they decided to go their own way. And that's what they did. In other words... Just because there's a bureaucracy that's called the Federal Drug Administration or the Centers for Disease, this, that, and the other, and so forth, doesn't mean there's still red tape bureaucracy, practices that have gone on for 30, 40, 50 years. Not to condemn everybody, but you have to recognize that they are set in their ways. And I'm guessing you bumped up against a lot of that. So, look, um, I work with Governor DeSantis frequently and his entire team. And let me tell you, they were top-notch. And... Um, One thing that we did, and we were very clear about that, um, and this is rhetoric that you have to be so careful of, and, you know, know, liberty is what your show is all about. We always advised the states what the best science said and what the risks were, right? But the states had to take that and understand it, and a lot of them had independent great thinkers and teams that that riffed on it, right? They went their own way and Mm -hmm. did things a little bit different. What is the rhetoric you're hearing now? They're saying what you can and cannot do. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. The CDC or the president doesn't tell me what I can or cannot do. Their their job is to advise us to the best science so that we can take our own risks, right, and that localities could govern themselves in that way. So, look, Governor DeSantis, um, on the other side of the aisle, John Bell Edwards in Louisiana, you know, did a great job. Governor Abbott in Texas. Um, there were many, many states. And you're seeing the results of that now. Uh, look, the schools in Texas, I live in Texas. Schools have been open in Texas since August. No children are left behind. The underserved gap between the underserved and the fully served is not expanding. This is, if you want to talk about health disparities and underserved minorities, get them to school because they are suffering the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what one thing that really bothers me is there's rhetoric on one end, but there's no action on the other. I have to go. I want to thank you. I could have this discussion for hours, literally. And I just want to thank you uh, for your role in truly saving millions of people and what you did for this country. You're a tremendous patriot. And I want to thank you now for speaking out as well. So take care of yourself, Admiral. Yes, sir. And God bless you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. 
Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Wasn't that a, uh, a fantastic, you know, I say fantastic interview, not because of me, but because of the Admiral. You learned an enormous amount of information there. And, you know, he's available to talk to people. They don't want to talk to him. And if they do talk to him, they'll attack him. We're just fed lies. You know, one of the things that I'm proudest of on this program is unraveling all these lies and pushing back against what's going on here. That's why on this program, whether it's uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin, and Levin TV, and so forth, but especially on radio, we went after that phony voting rights act. We talk about the Constitution, their attack on an independent judiciary, their attack on the filibuster, critical race theory. We were the first to jump into this. This is what I do. This is what we must do. This is what we must do. This admiral is a patriot and a hero. And the men and women who worked with him are patriots and heroes. And they don't get enough praise. They don't get enough attention. Instead, we have this doddering old fool who can barely ramble up to the mic. He was falling all over the place getting on an airplane. I'm sure Saturday Night Live will mock him the way they used to mock Gerald Ford. Oh, I'm sure of it. The guy can't walk. The guy can't talk. The guy can't think. Thank you, Dr. Jill. Thank you, Democrats. Thank you, media. And the Chinese and the Russians and the North Koreans and the Iranians. They're salivating over this. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chuck Schumer's on the late show yesterday. That's a nightly show that nobody watches anymore. But all those comedians who are not funny and have very low IQs, 
that is now a place exclusively for Democrats. Have you noticed? The days of the great Johnny Carson and some of these other, not Letterman, he, he turned out to be uh, sort of a Jack Dorsey type with the beard and everything, walking backwards in his neighborhood, you know, one of those things. Or Jay Leno, he was pretty good. You know, those guys try to keep mostly politics. These guys, it's all about politics and they're monotonous. And by the way, uh, Greg Gutfeld is going to have a weekday show now. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? I believe it's at 10 p.m., 11 p.m.? Uh, you know, the guy never invites me on his show. Everyone else, I'm fine. He doesn't invite me on his show. Couldn't I be funny on his show? Don't you think so? The only one, I don't want to sit next to Tyrus. You know, he'd throw his hand and knock me off my seat. Although I'm very intrigued by Tyrus. I actually think he's, he's really terrific. But anyway, shocking, shocking. Let's go ahead. And the funny thing is, you might invite me, and I'd probably say no like I do to almost everybody else. Just saying. Now, uh, Michael Osterholm, anybody know who Michael Osterholm is? Doesn't anybody know who he is? He works for Biden. He's the COVID advisor. He's the COVID advisor. Uh, Michael Osterholm. The reason you don't know anything about him is because why would you? But he's very, very important. So he's on the morning schmo today. And uh, he's on the morning schmo because he's pushing propaganda. And that's what the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo are all about. Propagandists from Jupiter, Florida. Although they could be from Mars. Cut 12, go. I actually have supported school openings, particularly for those under uh, eighth grade and younger, because the epidemiology or the pattern of disease that we see in grade school suggested that kids transmit the virus very little. Uh, they themselves get infected less than we see in the general population. And teachers were not really at increased risk. And then the variants came. B117 in Europe was actually picked up because even when in total lockdown, when the schools were still open, the virus spread dramatically. And uh, guess what? Kids were the number one source of spread. So we're now confronted with this new fact. So now, folks, this new factor is over there they have this issue. So we must keep everything shut down, particularly our schools, because over there they have a variant. This is what I've been calling scientific fascism. Scientific fascism. And I use the word scientific uh, really improperly because there's nothing scientific about it. But it's scientific fascism. And so a spokes idiot for the dim-witted Biden says, look, over in Europe they have B117, B117. And so therefore we must keep the lockdowns for our kids. What is being done to our children is worse than a sin. It is a generational attack on your children and grandchildren. It is a generational attack on your children. I knew it would happen. There I am. I'm talking about the Asian case, right? In Harvard, Mr. Producer. How many people even remember that case? 
and how Donald Trump took the side of the uh, Asian students. So there it is, all over cable TV. Yeah, well, you got to expect that. Because when they're driving in or when they're being driven in, they listen to this show. That's all right. That's fine. I want to get back to this. So Michael Osterholm, and he's speaking for Biden. He's the Biden COVID advisor. And all these guys are, are very political and uh, involved in their hackery because this is what the teachers union want. Here's a perfect example. Randy Weingarten is the president of the American Federation of Teachers. And I think she's been the president there about as long as Saddam Hussein was president of Iraq, Mr. Producer, something like that. Cut 11, go. The teachers are being vaccinated. That's really good. But I worry with the new variants. Ah, the new variants. You see how the conga line dances on stage like the Rockettes, Mr. Producer? Not exactly like the Rockettes. I mean, they all look kind of like Jerry Nadler, if you get my drift. But nonetheless, they're trying to be Rockettes, and they're on stage with the left leg and then the right leg. And the... Anyway, so uh, they sound exactly the same. We have the new variants. We need an excuse. We need reasons not to teach. And we still want to get our pay. We still want our pensions. We still want our medical benefits. We still want our salary increases. We still want our bonuses. And the most damnable thing I saw in Loudoun County, Virginia, where I live, at least for now, because the nut jobs have taken over, was during the summer, Mr. Producer, where the yellow school buses were being driven around and around and around. And they were empty. It's like the old joke about the old Soviet Union where they would pay people to dig holes and then pay people to fill in the holes. They were driving round and round and round with nobody in them. I guess so they could get paid. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. In terms of, of, of <clears throat> transmissibility with kids and with their families. So, so we got to read the studies. We got to see what it really means. Now, first and- of all, you see she's a... Union boss, she's the head of the American Federation of Teachers. And she says, we got to read and we got to read. Is that proper language, Mr. Producer? Is that proper diction? No, we have to read. Or we must read or we should. Not we got to read and we got to read and we got to read and we got to read. Go ahead. I just hope this is not a rush to put in. Oh, it's such a rush. Getting the kids back. Oh, we've been rushing all over the place. Just right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just not really following the science, you see, ladies and gentlemen. We need to follow the union. Go ahead. The deaths in a yeah, place. Shut up, you idiot. He almost appointed her secretary of education. Can you believe that? What? It's just so appalling. It's so shocking. You see, here's the deal. Grocery workers, airplane personnel, or airline personnel, airport personnel, people that work in retail stores all over the country, truckers, farmers, people who package all the food. When you go into the supermarket or your local grocery store, you see all those people setting up the fruit stands and the vegetable stands and making sure the shelves are right and the people in the back, the butchers cutting and the people at the fish thing doing whatever the fish people do. And you see them all and then the cashiers and everything's functioning. 
Like before, it's fun now. People are dressed funny. They're wearing masks and so forth. But everything's moving. It's functioning. Six feet apart. Maybe you're three and a half feet apart or maybe five feet and two inches. Whatever. It's functioning. You go to the gas station. How do you think the gas got there? A trucker brought the gas. They put it in the thing. And then you go in. Most of them have, you know, candy. You can buy a hot dog if you dare. You can buy a taco. You can buy a diet this or that. They're functioning. They're still moving. It's amazing to see this, isn't it? You go into Walmart. It's loaded. You go to your pharmacy, wherever it is. Maybe it's a CVS, a Walgreens. Maybe it's part of the groceries chain that you're... There they are. They're all working. The pharmacist, the pharmacist's assistant. There they are. They're working. They're doing their thing. Uber's working. Little's working. The cabbies are out there. The bus drivers are out there. The people that run the subways are out there. Everybody's out there. Everybody's trying to work or working. Except the teachers' union. Who are holding our kids hostage. Don't call me and say, hey, we're teaching. I'm obviously not talking about you. But you're not in Chicago. You're not in L.A. You're not in New York. Everybody knows who the hell I'm talking about. And these public teachers unions in these cities are an appendage of the Democrat Party. Joe Biden dare not challenge them. Look what Joe Biden is doing to our public schools. Look what Joe Biden is doing to our borders. Look what he's about to do to small businesses in this country. Look what he's done to the men and women who work to bring us cheap fuel so we can drive. So we can heat our homes. So we can have air conditioning in the summer. He's putting them out of work. This is who they are, and this is what they do. Meanwhile, China, Russia, Korea, Iran, laughing at us. Because this dim-witted buffoon is a provocateur. The things he says, the things they know he won't do. Finally, in this fusion of important issues that I'm doing the top of this hour, we have Anthony Fauci. Anthony's on CBS. Anthony is the Stormy Daniels of the medical profession. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Is that a clean way of saying it? I think so. He's the Stormy Daniels of the medical and scientific profession. Should we call him Stormy Fauci, you think? Anyway, he's on CBS this morning. And the idiot who's asking him questions fails to ask the right questions, of course. Cut 10, go. Senator Paul has this message that we don't need masks, which goes against just about it's everything. It's not what he said, Fauci. He said, if you're already immune, if you've already had the vaccine, why do you have to wear a mask? That's what he said. That's the way he put it. He asked you. He put it to you. Where's your data? Where's your scientific survey? Where's your anything to demonstrate otherwise? Otherwise, why have a vaccine and why take a vaccine? And, of course, Fauci now is spinning, much like Stormy Daniels. Go ahead. Senator Paul has this message that we don't need masks, which goes against just about everything we know 
about how to prevent spread of the virus. He was quoting literature selectively and leaving out important studies, which actually show that people actually can get reinfected. His point was if that if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. In fact, is the more people get vaccinated, just, just put masks away. It's theater. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, and anybody who knows the literature, I mean, well, where's the-, the literature? I like to read. Where, what literature are you talking about where it says if you get vaccinated from this virus, then you need to wear a mask? Where's the literature? And how do you have time to read anything? You're busy being driven from studio to studio. Go ahead. Today, the day before, paper came out showing that an individual's who are infected, particularly the elderly individuals greater than 65, they have a high incidence of getting reinfected. After they've had the vaccine? Now, how is that even possible to know, ladies and gentlemen, when people have only been being vaccinated for the last couple of months? Where's that literature? He is a Decepticon. I like that word. He's a Decepticon. Where's the Pinocchios on this guy? Oh, the Washington Post. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Democracy dies in darkness, a.k.a. democracy dies at the Washington Post. Right before we go to a much-needed break, my point about that Fauci clip, nowhere does Fauci ever offer affirmatively concern that the people coming across the southern border are not wearing masks. He never says a thing, and he's never asked about it. Isn't that curious? So he's now focused like a buffoon on people who actually get the vaccine and they need to wear masks. Why? Because then tyranny has no limits. This guy's power hungry. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's take our first caller of the evening, shall we? Yes, we shall. Adrian Bronson, Florida XM Satellite. Adrian, how are you? I'm doing great, Mr. Living. How are you doing, brother? Very well, my friend. Thank you. I'm not even going to call you a friend. I'm going to call you a brother because, listen, I respect you very much. Thank you. Postman, I've been listening to you for a while, and this is the first time that I've ever got through, and trust me, I'm happy. Thank you. Happy to talk to you. 
And I do have a couple of things I would like to say. So basically, you already touched on it. But like I was telling um, your call screener, yeah. the man that got me through, uh, you mentioned about how the liberals are pretty much just trashing our country that we love so much. I'm a Dominican-American, Mr. Levin. Yes, sir. And I came to the United States via my father, who became a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. back in 87. Yeah. And, sir, I've never... I'm 43 now, and I've been here since I was seven. I've never broken the law, never been to prison, never been to jail, sir. I've been working my tail off. Mm-hmm. Again, I became a U.S. citizen in 08 after Obama became president. Mm-hmm. Sir, and I do not like what the liberals are doing with this country. It's driving me nuts because anything good and positive that our president, Trump, has made, they don't want to acknowledge it. And I'm literally sick of it, Mr. Levin. I don't mm-hmm. understand what we could do to make this better. If you ever talk to the president again, which I believe you will, mm-hmm. please let him know that he has people that still love him. And if he comes back in 2024, he got my vote once again. There you go, brother. You know, uh, the people of Florida, you're a Floridian, they voted for Trump. That's what's so amazing that they voted for Trump quite easily. Ohio did quite easily. Iowa did quite easily. And then all of a sudden, Wait a minute. These other battleground states flip the other way. It's bizarre. Adrian, I want to thank you, my friend, and God bless you. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the George S. Patton of Talk Radio. Call him at 877-381-3811. That's 877-381-3811. All I can say is thank goodness. Thank goodness there are UFC fights tomorrow night. UFC fights tomorrow night. I look so forward to those. You have no idea. I enjoy... Watching people do things I cannot do. It's like building a house. When I watch these people build a house from bottom up, all the different trades, it just amazes me. You don't learn this stuff in college. These are the hardworking men and women of America. Or when I watch in my community these these people building overpasses, it's like, wow. It's just incredible. Or when I watch 
certain types of painters, people who draw things, or when I watch UFC or professional sports, which I watch less and less, but I love the UFC because they're patriotic. They embrace the nation, not Marxism. And that's uh, really Dana White. He's tremendous. Anyway, neither here nor there. Let's go to our buddy Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Jimmy, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. I agree with you about the martial arts and the building trades. When you see the builders, also, if you watch the guys that build old cars, make them into modern, beautiful, classic cars. You're right. You're right. It's beautiful. But see, that takes teamwork, a group of people working together, each one with a separate skill. Now, if the Marxists get control of the schools, which they did, people that graduate, they go out into their individual uh, professions all throughout society, still being Marxist, but they become saboteurs. So you get those people end up in government. They end up in uh, the schools as other teachers. They end up in the unions. So it's like a factory of saboteurs that graduates every year, and they filter out up and through. Well, this is why they want to uh, forgive loans. They want to encourage more and more children, young adults, to go through this sausage factory of Marxism, where they have so many Marxist tenured professors, where they learn to hate their own country, where there is no true academic freedom and free speech. It's the last vestiges of the Soviet Union, although that's spreading. This is what they're up to, and they want the two-thirds of Americans who don't graduate from a four-year college or university to subsidize them, to boot. And we're funding it, so we have to push for separation of Marx and state. Trump had so much understanding of this. When he talked about make, having our teachers teach love of America and the accurate history, the left had to destroy him. He stood up to Russia, which I say the Soviets. He stood up to communist China. He stood up to radical Islam. By the he way, there's a Russia wing even within the Republican Party in the media, you know. Well, you it's, know it's really amazing to watch. But anyway, go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah, no, it's okay. He's uh, the Democrats who claim Trump was colluding with Russia. This achieves two different things. First off, it takes away the focus of China, which we know is a major threat. But it also creates the illusion that the Democrats were not working with Russia. And then it makes some people some... That's a very, very important point, because the Democrats were always working with Russia. Go ahead. And uh, Joe Biden was part of, you know about Ted Kennedy. Well, Joe Biden was part of that all people's front, the communist thing to stop Clarence Thomas, Judge Bork. They sided with the Soviets on various treaties or try to stop Reagan's defense build up. But, but Jimmy, let me bring it to today. Isn't it amazing that the communist Chinese are basically using Biden's words against Biden? Yeah, well, they helped build this radical movement, but the Soviets actually built it for decades. So Mm -hmm. Russia and China working together, even with Iran. So all these radical groups, it's the broader left. So when Biden calls for unity, that's the communist press calls for that, but that's unity of the left against us. Mm -hmm. And now we are the threat, the Trump supporters. So there's no Soviet threat. uh, And meanwhile, they're claiming... What what is so pernicious about this, and I have to interrupt them because I got a a short on time now, is the Democrats look years down the road and they want you to believe anybody who opposes their agenda, which is to fundamentally change America economically, demographically, geographically, uh, in terms of politically, our, our governing system, 
then obviously you're white supremacist or you're part of the white dominate, dominating uh, society. And they're going to keep this up as society continues to change through immigration and birth rates and so forth. Um, and so they want this permanent dominance. And they're, and they're willing to go to places that destroy societies. They're willing to, to lie, as, as Biden and Kamala Harris did. And we're going to check. I'm going to watch the Washington Post and the New York Times in particular. They're reporting tomorrow in their hard newspaper. And we'll take a look at this Monday on how they treat this. Because when you have the FBI saying, as best as they can tell, this wasn't a race-related uh, slaughter that took place. Slaughter is bad enough. Um, but uh, it was something else. And then you have Biden and Kamala Harris go down there, trash America, trash America. And particularly Harris talking about America has always been racist and xenophobic and so forth. And here she is, vice president of the United States. Really an empty suit, but she's vice president of the United States. It's, it's just disgusting. It's appalling that you don't embrace the country, don't promote us, and say to other uh, uh, little girls of color, look at me, look what I became. You can do the same thing in America. It's the greatest place on the same. No, it's xenophobic, it's homophobic, it's a this phobic, it's that phobic. The place sucks. And there he is. She is vice president. What kind of uh, uh, psychodrama goes between her ears and Biden's ears and all the people who talk like this? Thank you for your call, Jimmy. Larry, Los Angeles, California, the great KRLA where we're live and national. Go right ahead, sir. Mark, I love your show. I live in Hollywood, and the last year has been tough for me, but I live for your program. You're so smart, and I know that I'm a big Trump supporter. I know how Trump could win in 2024 if he makes you the attorney general. Oh, geez. Well, I would have to be like uh, an acting attorney general because I could never get confirmed. I get as many Republican votes against me as Democrat votes. You do understand that. I can see Mitch McConnell leading the charge, couldn't you? <laughs> well, hopefully Mitch McConnell won't be around. Well, then there's Ben Sass and there's Thune and there's Blunt and there's, you know, uh, Rudolph and uh, all the rest of them. Well, we got to make it redder. You know, I, you know, Mark, I used to be on another radio show for many years. I once met Sean Hannity. I shouldn't mention the other show, but they call me Melrose Larry Green. Ah, I, Melrose Larry Green. My God, why does that name ring a bell to me? I used to be on with Howard Stern. That's what it was. Well, how are you, Melrose? Listen, I've been wanting for years but I'm gonna call you Larry. to be on your program. I well, love you, you, man, and thank you for taking my call. And keep it up, Mark. Don't let the a-holes get you. You're the smartest guy in radio, period. Well, you're very, very kind. Uh, I'm sure the other hosts all agree. <laughs> thank you, Larry. And God bless you, my friend. I'm just kidding. I'm actually very humble. Am I not very humble, Mr. Producer? <laughs> you know, here's the truth, okay? My family out there, here's the truth. You got guys who go on Fox and these other places, and people come up to them all the time. It changes them. They think they're the best thing since sliced bread, although nobody likes sliced bread anymore but me. I'm the only guy that likes sliced bread with a couple slices of bologna. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Sorry. I know I'm, I'm, I'm upsetting people. You want to hear even worse with a little mayo? Oh, my God. Anyway, what's that? I love Costco hot dogs. Love them. Am I supposed to be doing something here, Mr. Producer? Well, anyway, I got 30 seconds. 
I forget what I was talking about. I have a Biden right now. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's take a call very quickly. Gary, Tampa, Florida, XM Satellite. Go, Gary, go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Hey, Mark. I think the Admiral broke uh, some news tonight for you in that basically he said that uh, Trump, uh, the number of people saved would be, you know, four more years times the number of people that have already passed. Millions. It seems to me that we could do some simple linear math. That's 2.1 million. Trump saved millions. He really did. He saved millions. And I thought what the admiral said that was also very important. We had this set up so by April or May, really nothing else had to be done in any significant way. And Biden comes in and takes credit for everything. Now, what are the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, and the rest of them going to do with this information? They've touched on it, but they're really not going to do anything. The well, truth shall set you free, except if you're a liberal Democrat, then it gets in the way. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday in honor of you, my audience, Levinites, Patriots.
I want to congratulate our Jenna. We have great kids in this family, absolutely the best. And uh, she's just a star, so we want to salute her. Don't forget to watch Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Very, very important, folks. If you can't watch it live, please DVR it. Well, better to watch it live than not. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey, Griffey, Pepsi, Zelda, Smokey, Gigi, and my little Barney. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And America, we shall overcome. I'll see you on Monday. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.